Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Split Division Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Marzian, joined by Eli with the Packers, Jared with the Vikings, Max with the Bears, and Gerbs with the Lions. So we had some week four um, week four matchups. To get, we got some week four matchups to get to. Um, everyone in the division played. Packers do it by next week, but nobody had one this week. Um, obviously, COVID and stuff didn't really impact any of our teams. Almost impacted the Lions, but um, it didn't. Or in the Lions game, because the Saints had a false positive, but that game did happen. Saints won 35-29. So I will start with you, Gerbs. One and three. How are you feeling? How'd you feel about Week Four? How do you think I'm feeling? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they didn't suck. Well, that's the thing that I was I was thinking about it in the Lions are, like, a really good, bad team. Like, we've put up a lot of points in every single game this season. Like, I don't think we've had less than, like, 21 or 23 points or something like that this season. But we've lost three out of the four. Yeah. And it's, so... I mean, hey, this is, like, this is like my fantasy team in our league. It's, I have exactly. I'm second or third in points scored, and I'm somehow one in three, so... And I still beat you this week, so that's what matters. <laughs> I still... I still You got 130 points, and I still put up 20 on you, so... <laughs> Shout out Jair Alexander for locking up Calvin Ridley. <laughs> yeah, Jair Alexander's a star, people. Just saying, but go ahead. We'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah um, I don't know. This Lions game... Man, dude, it, like... The first five minutes of the game, we had two touchdowns. In the first five minutes of the game. So it was like... All right, this is how it's gonna go, and then we let the Saints put up 35 unanswered points. (laughs) It's so unlike the Lions. It's shocking. Yeah, the Lions are not known for blowing leads. The unlike (laughs) part is the fact that we got two touchdowns in the first five minutes. Our defense actually played well. We had a pick. You know, it was like we had we had a really good pick. We had all this like everything was going right for us, and then it was just like, okay, we're done. Even though, like, we played a complete game against Arizona and then had every opportunity to do it again this week and didn't. Like, there was a point I literally mentally just tuned out of the game because there was no Lions offense going on. And it was just, you know, no points scored for, like, three quarters of the game. So I was, I I literally just tuned out because I'm like, okay, our defense is playing like garbage. Drew Brees is slinging it to freaking Traquan Smith and Eman Sanders. So... (laughs) Wow, I can only imagine what Max was feeling watching the Bears, but we'll find out about that soon enough. But yeah, yeah. so yeah, man, the Lions things are not good in the city of Detroit right now for so many reasons, but <laughs> yeah, especially okay, no. that one. <laughs> Guess I set uh, myself up for that one, but yeah, dude, it's it's rough right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was watching Red Zone, and I remember right away Stafford threw two. Did he throw both? In, he threw two touchdowns, right? Uh, to, yeah, it was one to one to Swift, Swift, and then I have yeah, to look Hawkinson it up. Man, I Holiday, no, I Hawkinson know. was later. Man, I actually I legitimately tuned out. Yeah, but I just remember I was like, oh, four teams in, and then yeah. Oh, it was Galladay, right? Galladay, okay. But yeah, I remember I was watching that, and I was like, oh, Stafford came out slinging it, and then yeah, then the next thing I knew, I yeah, like then literally the next time I, they like showed the game, it was thirty-five fourteen, and I was like. Oh, and that, that was the most frustrating thing is that like the Saints were missing both their starting corners. They were missing one of their starting defensive ends. Uh, they were down Michael Thomas and Jared Cook and Andreas Pete. So they were down like six Pro Bowlers or something like that for this game, and we still lost. <laughs> Which well. like I don't know if that says more about how bad the Lions are or how good the saints are i think it's both but like the, the fact that the saints could put together a game like that down all those players like sean payton's an amazing coach you, you gotta give it to him no matter what we weren't gonna win this game but we were gonna get out coached no matter what because patricia's just the worst human being on earth at this point um, <laughs> it's just a weekly thing i think we just roast yeah. patricia except everything. for last week dude last yeah, week i was I wasn't even here last week, week so well this week he was giving like garbage responses again in interviews talking about like you know he said he had so much work to do on this team when he like became head coach and then like Dan Orlovsky's been ripping him a new one since then. That's right I saw that. 
Because, like, again, Jim Caldwell had a winning record with this team yeah. and Patricia in three seasons has won, like, half a game, maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, so, yeah, hey. terrible, terrible game. We couldn't get anything going. And the fact that they let tight ends just dominate them all season and then Hawkinson had that one touchdown, that was it. So, well, it speaking rough. of poor offensive performances... It is time to look at the Bears. Great. Oh, <laughs> um, 19 to 11. I did watch this game, and yikes, it was not fun. The 325 games were brutal, like all of them. So, I mean, this was, I just, I had Allen Robinson in fantasy. Luckily, he came through for me on the last drive. But, yeah, um, Allen Robinson's been doing pretty good considering yeah. the QB situation the last yeah. few weeks. Yeah, go ahead. Talk to me about, about that game and what's You know going. what? This is like every week I've come so excited to do this podcast and I've had notes upon notes. And today I'm just coming. I said, screw it. I'm winging it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not in the mood. And uh, man, I it, feel that so that tough. was me up until now. So <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's it's tough because a, a lot of our fan base is saying that our defense isn't playing up to up to their standard. But they and they're definitely bend, but not break which I think you just kind of have to accept. They they give up the, the garbage yards, but they, like, the Colts only scored one touchdown the entire game. And so it wasn't like that they were absolutely dominating us, but I think that Colts defense is legit. Like, I think they're they're good. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that was tough, and it was really tough seeing that. Like, we, we had so much hope with Foles going into it after seeing him perform so well in that one quarter against the Falcons. And, yeah, you game plan for him, and... I don't know. He gets his one good game a year, and and then he's done. So, I don't know. I I was never a Foles believer, even when we traded for him. I always wanted Cam Newton, but I've always understood that like that Foles made sense coaching wise. That we had so many coach coaches with experience. He knew the offense. Um, he's a good character guy. He's not going to want to steal the show. He's going to be okay being a backup. Whereas Cam Newton's like, will he be okay being a backup? Will he? steal the spotlight will he be okay adapting his his uh offensive abilities to neggies and who is there going to be a power struggle there you know and so there's always those questions but i don't know i think this is also kind of what you get with nick Foles. is like he he's not a he's not a seasonal quarterback that can start and and really get you to the playoffs you know and so uh, well, we'll see what's what's gonna happen next. But this this game was so bad. Uh, I I blame most of this game on Nagy. I, I I still believe in Coach Nagy. I think he's think he's good and he he calls a lot of great games. But this game was just mind boggling. And he had Rich Gannon making fun of the play calling. And when that happens, that's uh you know things are bad. And uh, one of the things that was happening is he just got really predictable. He just run it every first down, run it up the middle. No outside zone. It's just inside zone. And our and the defensive line of the Colts just absolutely crushed our offensive line. And our offensive line has been playing pretty well up until this game. And a part of it was predictable play calling. And, and when we threw it deep, like stuff would happen, like we'd have guys open and maybe we'd have a drop pass or maybe we would uh, uh, at least have a PI called or something of that nature. So it was like, like, I don't understand why we didn't keep that mixed bag rolling, call some, um and and just really stick to the pass because the pass was working but we and matt nagy really just forced that inside run the screen passes to cordero patterson and i think we also did really miss Tariq cohen out there and we're gonna have to adapt our game plan we've now signed uh lamar miller so he's on the practice squad and i assume we'll see him in game pretty soon but we kind of need a, a speedy back such as Lamar Miller to come and enter and be a change of pace back to David Montgomery, who's doesn't really have that home run speed. And um, our defense is good and our secondary continues to play pretty well. There's a couple of missed passes, but I, I was overall, overall pretty excited. Uh, Keem Hicks played great. Mac played great. One thing I was really disappointed was that Robert Quinn only played 30% of uh, the defensive snaps, which is unbelievable. You're paying him so much money to be a pass rusher and, you have Barkevius Mingo setting the line out there, um, just basically making sure that Jonathan Taylor doesn't get outside. So it, uh, it was such a tough, frustrating game to watch. And it sucks because it's like I predicted it. I think I think I predicted the Bears to win, but I pretty much predicted the score as like 18-15 or something like that. So uh, I don't know. I'm ready to move on. And it, it's so interesting because it's very similar to what Gerbs was saying about the Lions. Like they're a really good 
bad team. And right now it's like we're sitting at three and one. If you would have told me we're sitting three and one going into the Bucks game after one month, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's awesome. Like we're going to the <laughs> Super Bowl, you know, like this is great. But just in the fashion that it's happened and that there's not a lot of hope right now um, in Bears Nation, it's it's really tough. And we have a big game against the Buccaneers and we'll go over that preview in a little bit. But yeah, we, we need to start showing, showing some signs of life on the offense in order to keep this season alive or else uh, like one thing I've been just thinking of, it's like, it's uh, and this has just been running through my mind since Sunday was just that like, I I've been cheering for the bears so much, but it's slowly turning into not cheer for the bears. Just hope that the Packers don't win a super bowl. That's that's <laughs> what it's slowly turning into. Just don't win a super uh, bowl and let's get through this season. You know, that's funny. Yeah. It's I blowing mean... my mind right now. There's not a lot of like really competitive NFC teams. The 49ers yeah. aren't the 2018 or 2019 49ers. The Seahawks are fine, but I don't like, they're very similar sort of team to the Packers, you know? Yeah. And I do think, I mean, our defense, I think is better than the Seahawks defense for sure. Yeah, and, I uh, think so too. you know, especially the past defense, I think we'd be able to score at will on their defense. Obviously Ross is going to do his thing, but I mean, I think we could, I think we'd win that game, but yeah, as far as the Bears, I mean, like I said, I, I have Robinson, so I always tune into the Bears games just to see him. And, I mean, I was hoping. I was really, like, excited. Like, hey, Foles is going to be the quarterback. This is a good thing for him. And, like, now I'm just kind of, eh, you know. I mean, he still got me 20. So I'm going to try to sell him high while he has, like, has a couple of <laughs> performances. But, um, yeah, I mean, one, it was One thing I'll real say, too, is uh, Roquan Smith. I He was the star of the game. He was so yeah. good. He was uh, chirping with phil rivers and it was awesome and phil rivers is just that he's a he's like i i like phil rivers but i totally (laughs) understand why people hate him and yeah and yeah he's always tripping so but roquan smith was awesome he he really showed up on sunday too yeah yeah you guys have the short week so at least you know you don't have to you don't have to sit on it too long Um, exactly yeah all right so that gets the losers out of the way and it is now time the two winners. Um, Vikings, 31-23 over the Texans. Two teams that desperately needed a win. Vikings get it. Um, Jared, tell us what you thought watching the Vikings. Well, um, offense looked amazing. Um, the play action, they started to actually incorporate it. They were getting to their playmakers more than they have in the past few weeks. They incorporated Thielen and Cook and uh, Jefferson, but all three of them had a hundred yards a piece or over a hundred yards a piece, I should say. Um, I feel like a broken record here, but Drew Samia just, he was better this week, but he still sucked. So, I mean, um, I saw a thing yesterday, um, 763 players have taken offensive snap this year and pro football focus has him ranked 763rd, uh, <laughs> out of everyone. So, um, <laughs> Like that, he it's just an absolute nightmare with that guy. Um, Yannick Ngakwe continues to play well, third straight game with a sack. Um, Harrison Smith got ejected in the I want to say the first quarter. George Iloka came in for him. George Iloka used to be good, and George Iloka isn't good anymore. Um, he's just terrible, terrible having him in there. Um, I, I think we can attribute two touchdowns to him against us. Uh, I think that. Had Harrison Smith stayed in the game longer, it wouldn't have been as close as it was. Um, again, like play, play action, they start, they used it. I think they used it more this game than any other game this entire season, and it just it works beautifully every single time that they do it. Um, continue running with Cook. Uh, defense is creating pressure again, um, and Jeff Gladney has, is he gets better every single week. It's I'm excited for him in the future. Just gets better and better. Um, Past defense still struggling, um, and I feel like it was Deshaun Watson back there, but they probably could have had six sacks on the day instead of three, um, but they let him get away a few times there, so that was kind of annoying to watch. Um, but other than that, I mean, Jefferson, Thielen, and Cook are just, they're playing great, and uh, Cousins is starting to play really well again. Um, there's a lot of good to look at on the offense. It's just the defensive side that's giving me concerns yeah when cook dominates like he is like it's tough to stop because then it sets up the play action um i didn't watch a ton of this did cousins looked a lot better than right than yeah. what he has been okay. oh yeah I, I assumed he was going to get better i mean i i don't love cousins but i i'm one of the people that actually thinks he's like 
kind of, or at least used to be a little bit underrated where people kind of disrespect him a lot. And obviously he played bad, but I was like, this guy's actually like, he's a, he's a solid yeah. quarterback. Um, I figured he was going to get, get better. And then, yeah, like you said, Jefferson's been awesome. At, I mean, just the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. I mean, I watched Jefferson and wish he could have been a Packer, but at the same time, who needs them when you got Aaron Rodgers and Robert Tanyan? <laughs> Eli, Packers, 30-16. We're yeah. 4-0. Tell us about it. Packers, 4-0. I mean, uh, I feel like I could talk about this game and this Packers team right now for an hour. Because what just happened? It wasn't me. Maybe it was. It was definitely me. That was my fault. Either way, let's continue. <laughs> Packers 30 to 16. So, I mean, coming into this game, I took a look back at some numbers. The Packers had five active wide receivers for Monday Night Football. Their combined career stats were 93 catches, 1,319 yards, and five touchdowns. Last year, Julio Jones had 99 catches, 1,398 yards, and six touchdowns. So, Julio Jones in one year outdid all five of them in a combination of multiple years across all five players. And Aaron Rodgers comes out and goes 27 for 33. What was it? 326, four touchdowns, no picks, just masterful. And like I said last week, the way that Matt LaFleur is running this offense, it truly doesn't matter who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup. Guys are wide open. The running lanes are running lanes are open because the offensive line is playing great both for the rush and the pass. And as you can see, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are clearly not just running backs. These guys can catch the ball. Jamal Williams caught eight balls for 95 yards. And two plays, and Rodgers spoke about it specifically today, I believe, on the Pat McAfee show, which obviously we'll have a comment to talk about that in a minute. But um, if you guys know when you're playing cover two and you got the two safeties and you and the corner is playing press, you have that shot in between the safety and the corner. You know, the, the, you know, and the two times the Packers ran it last night were to Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And Rodgers said it basically in his entire career, he's never had a situation where they're putting their running backs in the situation to run a streak down the sideline and get that that catch and both of the guys caught it and took contact from the safety and held on. Extremely impressive. And then just quickly, Pat McAfee show. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been on the show every Tuesday. And, um, of course, he was so he was asked today about people saying, you know, he's washed, he's done. Last year was a down year. It's been down years. And, of course, Rodgers says, you know, let's be real. A down year for me is a career year for most quarterbacks in the NFL which is just about the most boss thing you could possibly say as a human being. Because, number one, it's true. It's not a lie. It's not cocky or arrogant. It's just factual. Last year, he had 25, last year, he had 25 touchdowns and, and four interceptions. There are many p- quarterbacks, 90-plus percent probably, that would take that season for their career and be very happy. And that was the worst of his career. But back to the game. Uh, Robert Tanyan. I mean, obviously, we got to start with Robert Tanyan. Three touchdowns. This is someone that the Packers, they've kept for like two, three years. And I'll be honest, I never fully got it. Nathan, I don't know if you did. I always thought he would be the odd man out. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I never really saw what they saw, but clearly they did. And right now we're seeing it. And it's not just a three-touchdown performance game. This is now the third straight game. He's caught a touchdown. Rodgers clearly trusts him. Looks like he has good, solid hands, and he looks pretty good after the catch. He's not like slow, you know, Richard Rodgers, Jimmy Graham, catch the ball and fall down status. So Robert Tanyan obviously stepped up huge with Alan Lazard going out. We didn't really see anything from Shepard, Taylor, or Bagleton. Obviously, I Nathan, I don't know what your opinion is, but how Shepard doesn't get in the end zone on that play to me is is close to unacceptable if not yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, watching it live, I was like, come on. And then especially the replay, the... like, he's got it, and he's, like, still somewhat upright. You just fall I'm like, back. You to, yeah, I'm like, you have you to get You fall back. Like, yeah. if you have been playing football for 10 years of your life, you know what the goal line, no matter where you are, catch and just go back. Yep. And he went sideways. He could have just <laughs> fell back, touched, whatever, but the floor, clearly, it's not been awful, but they need to work a bit on the goal line offense. We've seen now a few times this year where – 
They have failed, and that can't happen come playoff, you know, December, January time. A uh, couple other notes. Jair Alexander, like we were talking about, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley came into the game as the NFL's basically leading receiver in just about every stat. Zero catches on the night, zero yards. Jair Alexander shut him down, completely removed him from the game, and basically told Matt Ryan, beat us with Russell Gage, beat us with Olamade, Zach, uh, yeah, Zach Ryan, <laughs> Olamade, whatever, yeah. Okay, him <laughs> and Hayden Hurst, and and they couldn't. And and by the way, let's give credit to this Packers defense who gave up 16 points to an offense that is a good offense. We all know the Falcons are 0-3, but like we've all said, they're not the regular 0-3 team. They have some of the best skill position players on offense in the NFL, and the Packers defense probably put out their best showing of the year. Uh, Raven Green and Kingsley Kiki were two guys I think stood out for the defense. Kiki is now, like we said last week, Nathan, he's starting to you know stack that success. A couple games in a row now. He had a couple tackles. One of them was a stop, tackle for loss, like basically at the line. But he's showing the progression we want to see out of him. And then Raven Green, I mean, I, I tweeted it last night, but Nathan, last year's defense, I mean – Raven Green, I think, would have been such a game changer if we had yes. him in the he middle of that. Someone, yeah. yeah, I mean, he would have been big. And then real quick, um, I just want to pull up this tweet by Field Yates about the Packers uh, offense, which is quite historic. Um, here we go. The Packers are the first team in NFL history to begin a season with four straight games of at least 30 points and zero turnovers. The Packers are also the only team to rank top five in passing yards per game and rushing yards per game. So as I've said last week, and I'll say it again, Malifor looks like a goddamn genius. I'm sorry, draft night, everyone in Packer Nation might have wanted his head, but we're four weeks in. And this offense, and it's never looked easier in my in my ever remembrance of watching the Packers. Even 2011, where they were amazing, it was just like Rodgers' magic, kind of. This yeah. is just easy. It's easy. Guys are open. They're doing play action. They're doing motion. They have a run game. They have a good offensive line. When the defense is at 100%, I'm fully confident that they're going to be good enough that it's not going to completely ruin their plans, their chances in the playoffs, and... I mean, Aaron Jones, another terrific game. Him and Jamal, again, are both great. Any other final notes? Kevin King, I believe, left a bit early with injury. We saw Kadar Holman out there. I think he played decent. Darnell Savage, I think, has got to step up his game a bit, not only in coverage but in tackling, missing a lot of tackles. Guys are going too high. you got to go for the legs. Watch Jair Alexander. He's teaching tape on tackling. I mean, he just hits you low and you go down. And then finally, last note on the Packers, Zedarius Smith is back, people. Three sacks looked unstoppable. That sack before half, Nathan, I'm sure you saw. He basically put the center in the ground. (laughs) I mean, he's at, yeah, he's underneath, six feet under right now. Ended the half. And that that meant, I mean, you know, they could have went down and put down three points, which the Packers have done all year giving up points before half. Zedarius came to play tonight, and we needed him. And we got to start seeing out of Preston. We're four weeks in. He has a half a sack. We got to start seeing it. There's no Clark. There was no Gary, and that matters. But Preston's got to step it up. But Zedarius took care of it for us on Monday night. And we're 4-0 heading into a bye, which we need for health reasons. And I'm real excited. How about you, Nathan? Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, going back to the offense – I mean, I before the season, like I was still a little concerned because the offense just looked so, like, meh at so many points last year. You know, they they put it together for that playoff game against Seattle, and then it was just like like rather than that, there was just never a time where they really put it together. And I was just, you know, I I was one of the people that was really upset with the draft. Obviously, I mean, a lot of people were, but I was certainly one of them. And I just didn't know how, you know, I was like, is it going to take that big of a leap just? by making it their second year in the offense and everything. And it has. And, I mean, I just did not – I didn't expect anything close to this. Um, you know, even if – you know, like you said, it's not just, like, Rodgers going off. It's easy. It's, like, just scheming guys open, 
doing it for four quarters. You know, last year we'd be able to do it for about a quarter, and then after that it got ugly. And yeah. we're just, you know, we're rolling right now. So, and again, I mean, even after week one and two, it was like, can this keep up? And right, I mean, this just looks like how we are now. So, um, you know, I'm obviously feeling really good, as are you. So now we will get into our week five previews. Obviously, as you mentioned, the Packers have a bye. Um, we'll go to the Vikings. Tough matchup at Seattle. Jared, you give them any chance here? We always got to give them a chance. Um, <laughs> but, I, I mean, it feels like this is the 10th year in, the, in a row that we've played in Seattle on Sunday night or Monday night. Um, just both the last two games, they just have not been good. It's been a long time since they've even beaten the Seahawks. Um, need Cam Dansler to be healthy. Um, he's been a really good contributor on defense when he's played. The problem is he hasn't played in he already played last week and then the two weeks before he missed. Um, sounds like Jamal Adams isn't going to be playing. So that already bad Seattle secondary is is going to be even again, hopefully. Um, I mean, you got to have Kirk Cousins keep spreading the ball out. Got to get it to uh, Cook. You got to get it to Jefferson. You got to get to Thielen. You got to get it to Rudolph. And I'd like to see them incorporate Irv Smith more. I mean, you, he had high expectations. A lot of people had uh, high expectations for him heading into the season. And we haven't really seen anything out of him at all. I don't think I don't even know if he's caught a pass yet. Um, Seattle allows the third most yards over the air per play. So that's a big thing that they need to attack because their rushing defense is actually really good this year. Um, and Seattle creates turnovers too, second most in the league um on defense so that's a thing that the vikings really need to be careful about I mean, kirk cousins would be smart with the ball when he's passing it um no stupid double coverage passes like he was doing against um indy um we do need cook to get going at least a little bit to set up that play action that's been working so well for us um against that tough defense it's going to be hard but he's i mean he's just been playing so good this year um that honestly i'm not worried about him not being able to get going. Um, last week, Seattle struggled against the Dolphins. So, I mean, that gives me a lot of hope for this week, uh, considering I put the Vikings quite a bit above the Dolphins, honestly, um, both offensive and defensive-wise. Uh, and, like, I just – looking at last week, they just need to lock up um, – Russell Wilson, like he hasn't been getting locked up for most of the year, um, or actually all the year, really. Um, and he's the one who kills everyone every single week. The defense is doing no help for him, so they just need to lock him down a little bit. you got to secure those sacks that they couldn't get last week on Deshaun Watson because Russell Wilson's going to be more elusive than Deshaun Watson. Um, so you got to wrap up, you got to create pressure, and you got to get him moving in the backfield. Yeah, and you mentioned, I mean, I was going to mention the uh... – the Dolphins game that did like I watched that and it definitely you know they're definitely vulnerable um Russ is awesome but I mean even that offense didn't look great until they, they scored some at the end I think um they had a they had a pick or pick six or something I don't even remember maybe I'm thinking of the wrong game um but they had they had some defensive plays that helped them out yeah the offense I mean there were times where it kind of you know didn't look great if their offense isn't playing great they're certainly beatable because that defense is so bad even the week before they played Dallas I think and they Took down, took it down to like you know, it was close game late in the fourth, mm-hmm. and then Wilson threw a touchdown to kind of seal it. But um, yeah, they're certainly beatable. I don't, you know, with the Vikings, you know, abysmal pass defense. I don't love the matchup for them. I think you know, Rush should be able to beat them pretty handily. But certainly got to give them a chance if that defense can step up. Um, well, now we'll go to the Bears. Max got the Thursday night game um, against the Buccaneers. How are you feeling? This is a huge game, and I don't know if you guys have seen that series, uh, Cobra Kai, um, but it's uh, it's essentially like a karate kid, and um, it's a new Netflix remake. But what I'm getting at is there's a line in there that says, uh, or the Cobra Kai, because they're, they're always like, win by whatever means necessary, even if it means cheating. And then uh, the sensei kind of has like a turning point, and he says, he goes up to his students, and he's like, What's cooler, beating a lion or beating a crippled monkey? And then the kid goes, beating a lion. And he's like, yeah, that's right. That's why we never cheat to, to win. 
And you know what? And then I just saw on Twitter that the Buccaneers injury report just came out. And, oh, man. I'll grab it right here real quick. I should have had it ready to go. All right. So Mike Evans did not practice uh, with an angle, ankle injury. Chris Godwin has a hamstring injury. Wide receiver Scotty Miller has a hip and groin injury. Wide receiver Justin Watson has a chest injury. Uh, all missed practice today and have a short week uh, going into Thursday. And so give me the crippled monkey. You know, <laughs> yeah. like uh, <laughs> that's, that's what we need right now. And we, what we need is uh, to put the league on notice. We need to build confidence in our locker room. And the way we can do that is going in on Thursday night. Uh, Foles putting up, put up three, four touchdowns and, um, and just put a put the clamps on Tom Brady. Our secondary has been so good. Akeem Hicks uh, has been awesome. Khalil Mack's been great. Get Robert Quinn going, and hopefully he can practice in full this week. And he's had a bit of a nagging ankle injury, so maybe that's why he had the low snap counts uh, going into the last few games. But we need to put the pressure on. And uh, but most of all, it we just need to score. And I, I have full trust in our defense to stop Tom Brady and. Uh, not let this game get out of, out of hand, but we just need to keep the defense off the field. And um, we, we've honestly not had, like we've had okay success moving the ball in the first three games, not so much in this game um, with the Colts, but it, our huge uh, deal is just third down. We're the worst in the league on third down and just executing in the red zone. And we're one of the bottom in the league in the red zone as well. So, Man, we, we just need to execute on third down, execute on get a run game going. That's huge uh, um, to be able to open up the pass. So our offensive line needs to show up most of all on offense as well as our quarterback. And if that happens, like, you know what, like uh, we, we can be in it. But th- this is the this is a game that I feel is pivotal, piv- pivotal on this se- on the season. And if we can come out and win it, there's hope for the season if we lose and our offense is stagnant again you know what we season's slowly declining and we need uh to rebound fast so uh are we doing score predictions as well right yeah sure. max real quick uh i mean do you, you don't see any chance of flip-flopping here do you between qbs i, do, I don't see a chance i think <clears throat> I, just because of how quickly they moved on to fulls like they didn't give trubisky that full game and you know what i think I, I do think there is something to say about Foles being Nagy's guy and that Ryan Pace was kind of the one to really want Trubisky to finish off and just really confirm that he's not the guy. Uh, it, it would have to be a pretty horrible game um, for him to be pulled, like zero TDs, two interceptions, zero TDs, three interceptions, something of that nature. So yeah. if maybe <laughs> we're ever in that position, you you might. But I think I think Nagy's done with Trubisky personally. It would make sense considering his overall lack of talent and ability, but sure. It's just complete <laughs> lack of ability to play a quarterback, yeah. Yeah, well, they both <laughs> don't have that ability. <laughs> and you know what? They I saw a stat today. It was like in the last five games, Trubisky's 4-1 and one in the last five. Uh, Foles is 0-5 and five, uh, as far as being a starting quarterback goes. And so, I don't know. We, we wouldn't have won that Falcons game. I'm pretty sure we weren't repeating the week one Detroit Detroit Lions game with Trubisky in there. He was not doing anything against that depleted Falcons defense. So, uh, and then, uh, but a large part of this game just comes down to Nagy. And is he is he going to call a good game? Is he going to mix up the plays? So it's a it's a very interesting game to watch uh, on Thursday night. I'm super excited for it. It's Canadian Thanksgiving as well. So nice. yeah, I'll be with my family. We'll be traveling, and so watching it with my brothers who all hate the Bears. So it's going to be a lot of fun, <laughs> especially if we lose. What's your score prediction? Score prediction. Oh, man. You know what? At the end of the day, I think the Buccaneers take this one. I, I don't quite believe in the Bears to be able to pull this off. I'm going to go Buccaneers 24. Go with the Bears scoring 15. All right. And, Jared, I'll go back to you. Do you have a score prediction for the Vikings Seahawks? Um. Well, I think it will be high scoring again like last week. Um, two really bad pass defenses. Um, I'd say the Seahawks will win probably 34 to 27. All right. I, I agree with that. I'd say that's a that's an accurate prediction. Max, really quick, make my make my decision for me. 
Allen Robinson this week or Tyler Lockett against the Vikings? Jared, help me make oh, this decision. I'm going with Tyler Lockett. Yeah, Lockett. Yeah. Tyler I, Lockett. <laughs> I want to, but I also love I love playing guys on Thursday night. It gives me a reason to like really. You like Thursday team. night? I hate yeah. Thursday night. I, I like, avoid I like, Thursday. I like I, Monday night. Who's your? I flex? want to be the last guy out there. My, my flex. My flex is Kareem Hunt right now. Okay, you know, yeah, so my, my team right now, I mean, I don't want to get into this, was that everyone has their fantasy story, and now we all got screwed hard. But my team is ridiculous. I have DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams. I have Kareem Hunt, Chris Carson, Raheem Mostert, James Robinson I picked up. I'm one and three. I have Aaron Rodgers at QB. I'm going to stab people. Either way, um, let's hope that, you know, the FBI is not listening to this conversation. I'm not a threat to anybody. <laughs> But <laughs> they are, I guarantee, this camera looking at me, I know you're watching me, government. It is what it is. Go pack, yeah, 4 that's, oh. that's me with That's me with Ridley last night. I, I tweeted that I wasn't mad, but I actually really was. Because in one league, I had I lost by 2.5. Oh, and they wow. took him out. They, I had Crosby, too. And they were so close picking a field goal on the last drive. They didn't. And I was like, okay, well, at least Ridley's getting the ball back. And he has a chance at getting a few catches. And then they took him out for the whole last drive. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, did they really just take him out of the game? And he wasn't out there. And I lost by two and a half. So That's rough. That was fun. Um, <laughs> all right. We'll now go to you, Gervs. Lions at Jags. Oh, we have a bye week this week. Bye. Are you sure? Did I? Oh, never mind then. Yeah. Lions but are bye. Important, <laughs> I must important bye week here. You, you, have, you have at Jags afterwards. You have, you have at Jags afterwards. What? Yeah, Jags are after. Okay, I'm. A, I was looking on ESPN, and I must have. They just skipped the bye, so I must have just yeah. like assumed it would but, be. Yeah, this this bye week is a big deal, um, because <laughs> Lions have to do something. Like something's Patricia. Like player of the coach. <laughs> yeah. You've been saying we that for get, thirty never, years, Max. <laughs> you've been saying you've been saying the Lions need to do something for thirty years. The moment Barry Sanders walked out on his career. Is the day the Lions died. <laughs> so, but yeah, just at this point, Patricia and Bob Quinn. So we need a new general manager. We need a new head coach. And like, while I don't hate Bob Quinn, the issue is that as long as he's there, he's still going to try to bring in his guys who were like, you know, he, he's done a decent job drafting, getting good free agents, but like, it's the coaching under him and the guys he keeps hiring that aren't doing well. So we just need to clean slate. We have a new owner time to have new people come in. And I think this bye week is the perfect time to do it with a one in three team. Maybe we can, I dare say it trade Stafford for some, something good. Oh, I don't know. Oh. We'll take him. We'll take him. <laughs> Give him the Bears. Yeah. No, if he goes to the bears, I, I don't even know what I'll do. I know the FBI. You'll have you'll be hunting me down. <laughs> okay. Would, would you take? Would you take our first, and we'll say a fourth for Stafford? Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was nodding my head when I'd, you just I'd said first. I didn't even the have to first the is all you need to hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, like if you throw anything after a first, it doesn't matter. Well, like give me a first. And... I I mean today right now. Do you? sit here and wonder should we have taken Herbert or Tua should we have or or traded Stafford let's say you know I'm saying they could have taken a QB there traded Stafford for at the very least a second round pick you know gain more draft capital get your QB of the future because as much as and I've said a hundred times I think Stafford's great and if he wasn't on the Lions he would probably have a Super Bowl ring right now but unfortunately, yeah. he's on the Lions. He and unfortunately, has... he's also faithful to the Lions. So when they yeah. said, hey, want a bigger contract? And he goes, instead of just being like, I need to get a win, he goes, all right, well, <laughs> give me look, 135 he's made, he's made like more money than just about anyone other than Patrick Mahomes in his career. So he's doing yeah. just fine. But, but still, he's become injury prone. Not injury prone, but he's had injuries that are more serious than not. Yeah. You know, obviously the back, neck thing. So. I'm just thinking as a Lions fan, like if you could have traded that three Oh, you're gone. 
If we could have traded at three. So I'll finish off his question, though. Like, w would you, if you could go back in time. Oh, Eli, you cut out for that whole thing. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. This went like after, and it all was gone. Um, we, we heard it. We heard it. if you could have traded at three, and then it, it cut off. Oh no! I'm just well, saying, if you could have traded, if you could have traded at three, got in a huge haul for that, picked Herbert or two at five or six, and then traded Stafford for another decent haul, you would have your friend B and a ton of draft capital. Which, yeah, that would have, in hindsight, that would have been great. It, it's, it's a tough but thing. You knew you were winning this year. You weren't winning this year anyway. So to yeah. me, I always, that's what I was nervous of for the Lions. I said, yes, you could take a CUDA or you could take, you know, a, a lineman or, or whatever it is. But it's like, unfortunately, I think the, the boat has sailed on Matthew Stafford winning a Super Bowl in Detroit. I mean, it just doesn't <laughs> seem like it's going to happen. I don't think I it mean, ever. I don't think that boat ever existed. I think that boat hey, they went to playoffs the one year. They went to the playoffs. Drafted, so. They went to the playoffs once. But no, I'm just saying. I thought, I thought they had a chance. It would have been a big move, but they had the chance to reshape their whole future. Yeah. That night, and they and and you know, I think Herbert. Like, if imagine you plot you had Herbert. I know, fine, you would have a losing season anyway, but you would probably have another first round pick next year and like two second rounders or a couple third rounders. Whatever. Yeah. Just that's what I, that's now like kind of what I was looking at. But yeah, that's like one of the big things for this bye week is like the Lions have to look at their roster and I mean this season's washed. Like we're three and one. Nothing about this team. Yeah, we're high scoring, but nothing really is showing us like improving <laughs> things that we've been scoring a lot of points and just getting whooped no matter what. So I think now is kind of that time where the Lions have to assess like how much value they have on their roster and who they can trade away to kind of get those building block pieces. But then the other thing is just uh, now the Lions have this extra week to just every player and coach in that organization needs to look at all the tape and just, I want them grinding film. I want them snorting film for the next two weeks. <laughs> like, I want them literally, like, not sleeping, just watching game tape over and over and over. And just, like, looking at the decisions they made. Like, why is Vitae still playing guard? Why are we putting a guy who's played, like, ten snaps of guard in his whole career at right guard, taking Jonah Jackson, who was playing really well there, moving him to left, where he kind of struggled a little more because he didn't play left guard in college of it he played he was a really good right guard and then we put Tyrell Crosby on right tackle and Vitae's allowed three sacks from guard because his stance he just he doesn't have the stance for the guard he doesn't have the hand like the hand position he's getting all these penalties it's rough like he's not playing well so yeah that's <laughs> this bye week the Lions have a lot of thinking to do they have to go and think about what they've done so far this season go and time out for a bit and come out and let's <laughs> see how it goes corner. after the bye luckily we have the Jags after the bye so I will talk about that next week but there's a chance <laughs> all right we're gonna we're gonna get into fan questions before we head out and one of the one of the fan questions Gerbs um, at Alec Runyon asks, what are the chances the Lions still find a way to lose even on their upcoming bye week? <laughs> the I, oh, yeah, score prediction. I think the Lions are going to lose the bye week, uh, let's say, like, 30... 30 torn ACLs to... 10? We'll lose 10? the bye week right. somehow. <laughs> 30 torn <laughs> ACLs to 10 broken femurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least we're healthy. That's what matters. Like, none of our <laughs> players are really hurt. But... Um, Matthew 25 Evers asks, which offense and defense positions have been most surprising thus far this season can be positive or negative for each team? Um, should we just go through team by team? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so Packers offense and defense positions that have been the most surprising. Okay, so most surprising. I mean, I think, I think you got to go with like the tight end group, you know, mm -hmm. as a whole. I know you. everyone's thinking it's just Tanyan, but it's not. Mercedes Lewis has his value. Sternberger's made a couple decent catches. Tanyan's obviously been the biggest star of that group. But everywhere else, we knew what the Packers were. Rodgers, Jones, Devontae. So you got to go tight end on offense. Defensively, I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go on the negative side here and talk about maybe our safety play. You know, I think – 
I think Amos had a good game. Obviously, had the big breakup on Ridley there at the end. Yeah. I think, look, I mean, Amos, I was never really nervous about. He's a vet. We know what he is. You're allowed to have a couple bad games. Savage is around a bit more concerned where it's like you're coming off a pretty good rookie year, seeing a little bit of regression. But then again, it's not uncommon in the NFL for a guy to have a you know year two, quote unquote, slump. But then again, we're four games in. I think he just needs to work on some of his technique a bit more. But yeah, let's say tight ends have been really good on offense. Safeties could improve on defense. And just because I you know, can't go a show without mentioning Mason Crosby, I love you. Even though you miss an extra point, you are as solid as any kicker I've ever seen. And that's what I got. Offensive surprise, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw out there Aaron Rodgers. I think in terms of, obviously, he's Aaron Rodgers, but in terms of going in the year, I did not think he'd be this good. I don't think a lot of people thought he'd be this good, but I'll just throw that out there. Other than that, yeah, I agree. Most of it's kind of like as expected, especially offensively, but um, yeah. Um, Vikings, offensive, defense, surprise. Um, Offensively, I'd say the wide receivers, just because I didn't think this, but a lot of people were saying that Adam Thielen won't be any good without Stephon Diggs. And now you see, and another thing, Justin Jefferson, I'm still scarred from Laquan Treadwell. So just always worried about first round wide receiver now. Um, but Justin Jefferson has played amazing. Um, Adam Thielen's doing just fine without Stefan Diggs. Um, and really, they're being productive with just those two at wide receiver. And really, I mean, those are the two that are mainly getting targeted. So that's probably the offensive um pleasantly surprised and then defensively um anthony harris i'm going to target him um really just a disappointment this year um one of the he was one of the best safeties last year and he got franchise tag the first time the vikings used their tag in i, I can't i don't even know how many years probably 14 years um so they tagged him and thank god they tagged him and they didn't extend him for a long period of time because he is just not playing well at all this year um, definitely not earning the franchise tag money and definitely not playing up to where he's going to get extended for a long period of time for a good amount of money. All right. Uh, Bears? Biggest surprise on defense. I mean, I'll, I'll kind of briefly touch on one. I guess it's not a huge surprise, but since we lost Eddie Goldman, like our inside pressure our inside run stopping has been really bad it's a good way to beat the bears just uh handed off to the inside uh Bilal nichols he, he actually had a good game last week uh he had a multiple i think maybe four tfls but um beyond that just getting pushed around pretty easily when it comes to the to the run game um but i but i that's just one i kind of want to briefly touch on but the biggest surprise i would say is our cornerback play Kyle Fuller is playing amazing. Like he's, yeah, he's an all pro pro bowl, uh, cornerback, but he's playing fantastic this year. But the huge surprise is Jalen Johnson. And he's been outstanding. Like for being four games in, if he just plays at the same level, he's playing at right now for the rest of his career. Like he's, (laughs) he's not going to be a pro bowler, but, well, you know what? He might be in the conversation, but he, if he just plays at this level, like he's going to be a cornerback, good quarterback going for us going forward. If he continues to develop, definitely will eventually be in that Pro Bowl conversation. So we're astounded with what we've seen so far. Um, big surprise. I'm going to talk about our wide receivers. And there's a little, the surprise is not necessarily negative or positive. There's a little bit of both. And I'm going to focus on Allen Robinson doing great. Uh, we expected him to do this while he's doing awesome. He had a couple highs and lows, but he's doing fine. Did great last game. Uh, but the highs and lows come from Darnell Mooney, our fifth round pick. He's playing great. He's slowly emerging into that wide receiver two position, uh, making incredible catches, being targeted a ton. Uh, he's gaining the most separation of all our wide receivers on our team, and which is a huge thing to say when you have the speedy um, Anthony Miller and you have uh pro bowler like alan robinson so darnell mooney picked him up in the fifth round tremendous value that we're seeing with him right now if he continues to develop that's fantastic uh as for anthony miller our surprises with him is is happening a lot right now so he's always had problems kind of understanding his route understanding where he needs to be and he and a lot of times you'll see errant throws and you'll think like why did Foles? why did trubisky overthrow 
but it, it, it does consistently happen with Anthony Miller, where Anthony Miller is in one spot and the ball goes in another, or else uh, there's quarterbacks motioning Anthony Miller to get into a different spot. And so par- partially it's knowing where you need to be. But the other thing is he's just dropping a ton of balls right now. He usually should have four or five touchdowns on the year. He just has the two from the Detroit Lions game. He's dr- dropping easy passes in the middle of the field. A couple of them are diving catches, but you're Anthony Miller. You're a second-round pick. You're supposed to be step, stepping up into this wide receiver two role. You're supposed to be making these diving diving catches where the ball hits you in both hands, you know? And so outside of the Detroit Lions game, he's completely fallen off a cliff, which is heartbreaking to see. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to talk more. Offensive line, they, they've been good the first three weeks. This last week, they're awful, but I'm just going to leave it. They're kind of in a neutral position right now for me. Mm-hmm. And lastly, Gerbs, offense and defense surprises? Yeah, so biggest offensive surprise, I mean, for me, is just how well our run game has been. And I know, obviously, we really did a lot adding Swift and Peterson, but, like, you look at the Lions historically since Barry Sanders left, and this is, like, one of the worst running teams in the NFL for so long. And, you know, no matter what they tried to do for years, adding, you know look at all the running backs that we drafted high in the last, in my lifetime, in the last 20 something years where it's like, I mean, they've missed out so many times, had so many injury issues. And now it's like carry on Johnson and Deandre Swift complement each other. So well, Adrian Peterson found the fountain of youth at some point and decided not to tell anyone about it. And, you know, just still playing well. So, you know, I, that's a real big surprise is how much the running backs are contributing to this offense. That's great. On defense, biggest surprise is a negative one. Akuda sucks right now. <laughs> I mean, just um, our, our third overall pick. I mean, I get it. He With everything going on, you know, short, short offseason, not a, not a lot of training camp, a lot of tough receivers to face off against, but... He sucks. Like, you know, there's going to be next year. Hopefully, you know, it's just he he's uh, he has been learning and improving throughout the last few games. But, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are my surprises. I'm going to throw in a quick extra one. Special teams are punter. Jack Fox is the best punter in the league. And, like, there's no one even close. This dude has pinned almost, like, every punt within the 20 if it wasn't a touchback it's beautiful i love him he's the only reason the lions have been able to kind of score a lot of points the only reason you like watching their offense is to see their punt. <laughs> yeah the, the lions twitter account put out a highlight reel for their punter <laughs> don't see too many really good it's ridiculous how good he like i mean he he knocked like a 60 something yard punt in one of the games this uh this season it was beautiful well, it's crazy, too, because for most of the offseason, you guys didn't even have a punter, hey? Exactly. And then we have this guy yeah, named Jack Fox show up, and then okay. he's good. <laughs> uh, Gers, we got another question for you. What do the Lions need to do in the short and long terms that they don't finish last in the division again? Fire Patricia, short term. <laughs> I mean, right away, that's self-explanatory. Long term is... um. It's also, it's weird to say fire the coach and then my long-term thing is coaching, but like there's just so much they need to instill. Apparently, like these players, you can tell that no amount of coaching is showing, or, you know, no amount of whatever, something's off with these players and the coaching of how, it doesn't matter what the game plan is, doesn't matter what anything is, they're giving up after they get in the lead and they just need these guys to stop getting so cocky and keep their head, heads in the game for the entire thing. And so, you know, it's the long-term effect is, like, instill a better mindset on these players through coaching, through trading some guys who are cutting some, you know, I don't care if we have some surprise cuts or trades if it means sending a message to the rest of the team going, hey, get your shit together. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so right now, uh, you can either give Bob Quinn a three-year extension or you can fire him. What are you choosing to do? We should have fired him, I don't even know when, a while ago. But, okay. you know, when Mark Ford in the offseason said, hey, get us to the playoffs or you're fired. If you're making, Don't give ultimatums in the NFL. Just get rid of the person. 
<laughs> it's interesting because I really liked your guys' draft, and I hate to, I don't know, like part of it is pride, and I, I don't, I wouldn't mind being proved right, but I had tweets before the draft saying like some of my favorite players are Jonah Jackson, and I really liked, uh, I, I don't know how he's looking, but um, Julian Aquara. I, I, the dude's it, taken like 20 snaps on defense so okay, far this so, season. He's a nothing yet, but watch out for him because I called it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, Logan Stenberg as well. I I think is another guy that I mentioned. But yeah, I don't know. I, I was like shocked. Zero snaps on offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I saw your draft and I was like, wow, that was a really good draft. But good yeah, me, yeah. Sure. I don't know. It's also that goes back to the coaching. I think part mm-hmm. of it is coaching and like, I, you know, obviously these players don't get to control when they're on the field and when they're not. So, mm-hmm. who knows? They could be really good. Patricia so basically, sucks. the Lions and Vikings, who had the best drafts, are one and three, and the team with the worst draft, I don't know, uh, four and zero. Oh. Maybe the Packers know what they're doing, they do. and also maybe they have maybe the best. Maybe it's all about drafting that. poorly. That's the key. Yeah. Well, sure all your top draft picks sit on the bench. So we should trade back next year as much as we can and get nothing but seventh round picks. Just keep trading back. Well, that's more what that's what Rick Spielman does. So <laughs> yeah, we get like six seventh rounders every year or something. Uh, Jared, I got a question for you. How slash why are roads closed again after two brutal seasons in Minnesota? Do you have any explanation for it? He is killing it in Indianapolis. It's a different scheme. Um, Zimmer does man-to-man. Every like Everyone is man-to-man except for his safeties. Um, and in Indy, they have him playing in zone, and obviously he's just excelling in his own defense, and he couldn't do it in man anymore. So that's it's, it's as simple as Zimmer being hard-headed and not wanting to adjust his scheme at all to help his player. If you yeah, could it, go back right now and uh, undo that extension and just kind of give Zimmer the year, would you would you do that, or are you okay with the extension still? Um, I I like Mike Zimmer, um, <laughs> so I'm okay with it. I know a lot of people aren't okay with it, um, but I like I like Zimmer. I just think he, like his clock management is very dumb sometimes, and then he. Um, I think he's good at making his players mad, so that's not helpful. But he's a smart—he's a smart defensive mind. That look away from this year, but um, you know, with um, what he has this year, it's hard to really knock him for it, honestly. But I—I'd I, keep him. All right, we got one more—one um, bowl prediction for the rest of the year. Uh, we'll just do a quick bowl prediction. Gerbs, what's yours? Stafford traded. It's it's a bold prediction. I know I talked about it earlier, but like I like it. I, I, I see the Lions doing something drastic. Just to, next year's a rebuild, no matter what happens. So I think I think they might trade Stafford, get as many picks as they can, as we talked about earlier. So All right, Max, Bears, bold prediction. I'd say oh man, it has to be bold, hey? Yeah. You know what? I think a bold prediction is that I need to be realistic still. I think the Bears finish second, but I think the Bears get to I think the Bears get to ten wins. All right. I mean, I don't I don't hate it, but I will say I disagree. Um, That's totally like, fair. You're supposed to disagree with bold. Like <laughs> your bold prediction. Um okay, I don't want this to happen, but um Kirk Cousins getting traded after this season. Um to avoid the cap hit in 2022, uh, it's 45 million in 2022. So, um, if they cut him this next offseason, then it will be a 41 million dollar uh, dead cap if they do it. Um, if they if they cut him, so they need to trade him. <laughs> <laughs> and they need to trade him. And they no will save themselves a lot of money. Contract though, that's the problem. Hey, hey, look at Brock Osweiler though. You know, if the team gives up a little bit, um, that's, that's a Bill O'Brien thing. He's Brock <laughs> Osweiler though. That guy's a genius. He made like seventy-five million, started like fifteen games, and is good. Oh to yeah. Go 
No, I'm just saying with like the trade is if the Viking the Vikings give up Cousins, depending on how he plays this year, they might not even have to add anything onto it. Um, but give up Cousins and then like like maybe a pick or t- a later pick or two um, to a team just to take on the contract. Um, but honestly, if he plays well this year, one I don't think they'll trade him, or two I don't think they would have to give up extra to get rid of him. Um, Packers bowl prediction, Eli. Uh, bowl prediction. It's kind of hard because, like, usually, you know, you're giving bowl predictions, like, when your team is trash, like the rest yeah. of our, you know, fellow workers over here. When we're doing so well, it's hard. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go offensively. I'm going to say that Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers will all respective positions and touchdowns. Oh, so. Jones will have the most rushing touchdowns. Devontae will lead the league in receiving touchdowns. And Aaron Rodgers will throw the most touchdowns in the NFL. And to add, I mean, if you want to call it bold at this point, but four weeks in, he's my MVP. And if you guys want to have a conversation about Russell Wilson, I'll have it with you. But I'm just going to say Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and then the Packers offense. And then I think the conversation's over about MVP, most valuable player individual, I don't think Russell Wilson's doing what Aaron Rodgers is doing if he had the same cast and crew. I don't know if anyone... Jared, you disagree? I'll just say, look at their offensive lines, though. Yeah, that is true. The offensive yeah. line and the defense, but it goes both ways, and then, I mean, Russ is the only guy to me that I think it's Russ and Rodgers, and that's it. Right no, now. it's Russ and Rodgers, yeah. but, yeah. but again, to me, it's just flip the scripts. Does Russell Wilson go 4-0 and do what Rodgers has done with this receiving core with Devontae Hurt? I would be very surprised if that was the case. Um, again, Wilson's been incredible, and we're in week four. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? I'm just saying Rodgers on his way to his third MVP, in my opinion. Yeah, I I'd also say four. this. Uh, the schedules, like... You played so that you guys both played the Falcons and the Falcons weren't completely injured. Like you guys, like Falcons had Denard in, and they ha- had a uh, Casey and I think Casey got hurt midway through. They had AJ Terrell in their first round corner uh, who wasn't hurt when uh, Russell pay- played and uh, they put 40 points up on the Falcons. They played the Patriots and Russell put up 35 points on the Patriots, 40 points up on the Cowboys, uh, played the Dolphins and then Vikings next week. But, and then uh, ahead of that, now the Wilson will really have to make his name uh, or really state his case because going into November, he's going to have to play the 49ers, the Bills, the Rams. Whereas I look at the Packers schedule and it's like not like like you and don't get me wrong. You guys have absolutely slaughtered the teams that you've played. Yeah. against, But the secondaries have been very depleted and not good against other teams as well. And so and that's the thing. It's like I really want to see the the Packers play against a good defense, but it's not going to happen for a little while. At no, least week until six. Late. The Bucks yeah. have great defense. I was going to say the Bucks are the one team. And then the Saints aren't terrible, but they've not been playing well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you'll have to play the Bears later on and then the, the Colts. And so we'll see as we go through the season. But I'd, I'd say up until now, it's been, it's been I don't know, a little, little easy. Like, I don't know, the, the Bears put up 30 points against the Falcons also. I'll just yeah. say that. Okay, but... <laughs> okay, but any divisional game, you're looking at the Lions and Vikings games, to essentially control and dominate both of those games and put up the points, we all know within the NFC North, it's pretty rare that that happens. It's usually close games, it's no true. matter the record of the team. So, because I saw, I saw this morning, I don't know if it was first take or get up, whatever show it was, someone was trying to say, you know, the Packers have had a bit of a lighter schedule, which... You can make the argument this way or not. Number one, the Vikings, we all know, are better than one and three. Their defense just happens to be struggling massively right now. But, again, they beat the Saints. They beat the Falcons, who, just like the Vikings, are not your average 0-14 at all. So, yes, they could have played tougher competition, and they're going to after the bye, where they're going to have at Tampa— at Houston, who I know is 0-4, but once again, does anyone think they're really 0-4 team? I don't. And then Minnesota, and then San Francisco. Four straight games. So Plus, you got to see how Houston does now without uh, O'Brien. So, so. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be better. I mean, Romeo Cornell 
at the very worst, they, they can't get worse. That's for sure. Yeah. They <laughs> no, they cannot. And I'll no, just say that no we're over time. But it, isn't it crazy that this year there's like really no elite defense? Like you have a lot of good defense. Like the Bears defense is good and Colts defense is good. But it really no. seems like there's no like yeah. the 49ers. I, I guess they they're injured, but. Like, even when I go through fantasy, I'm like, I have the 49ers on one team and the Ravens and the Colts on the other team. And both leagues, I went through the other day and I was like, oh, man, who should I trade for? But I was like, man, my my defenses, even though they're struggling, they're among the top because the, there's like no one that's really taken off this year. And yeah. I, I heard, uh, I think Nagy brought it up and he said part of the reason is that he thinks it's just crowd noise. You, you have... Uh, absolute silence when the offense is playing so they can make their play calls really easily so part of it's that but it's weird it's weird this year well, the so. scoring the scoring this year has been like historic through four yeah. weeks defenses has been terrible i thought it could have been opposite i thought defenses would have been better off without a uh, preseason than offenses but look it makes for more exciting football i don't That's mind true. yeah except for the bears colts game so <laughs> Yeah. That was so damn boring. Oh, I mean, I loved it, but damn, was it boring. Yeah. I usually like, I like watch it. games standing up, but that was like, I almost fell asleep. I'm not even joking. <laughs> That's how I am. I always watch them standing up. I, oh, I stood the whole game last yeah. night. No, I cannot sit down. <laughs> oh, really? Dude, I, I'm literally like laying down on the couch while watching Don't Lions games, but like, also, yeah, I can relax. The amount I drank during this Lions game, it was like, okay, I'm going to sip on a beer for this. And then all of a sudden, it was like, I'm on my eighth one by the end of the game because I'm just like, I do not care. <laughs> you start you drink out for start drinking for fun, but then you have to finish just to forget. <laughs> That's exactly it. By the end of the game, I'm like, oh, it's over? Oh, cool. <laughs> Did we win? All right. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. You can follow us at SplitDivPod, um, Eli at Book of Eli underscore NFL, Gerbs at Max Gerbs, Max at, at Max Markham NFL, Jared at Jared Bars NFL, and myself at Nathan Marzian. Um, once again, guys, thank you for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time.